This week's episode is brought to you by Campaign Refinery, an amazing new email marketing automation tool. Look, in the world of digital marketing, there's a lot to keep track of. We all know this. As much as we're in love with social media and the power of social conversation here at Social Inc. and on the All About Digital Marketing podcast, we are well aware at just how powerful email marketing can be. Email marketing is not dead. In fact, it's never been more important to help you leverage your presence everywhere else into the one channel that you'll own, regardless of what changes Facebook, Twitter or any other platform makes in the future. I've known the founder, Travis Ketchum, for years, and he's been a past guest on the podcast, episode 15, if you want to listen to it. I've personally used his other products before, and they've been fantastic. The amount of thought that he's put into each and every one of what he's created has been incredible. I'd highly encourage you to try their free 14-day trial at campaignrefinery.com to see what world-class email marketing automation can do for you and your business. Massive thank you to Travis and Campaign Refinery for their support of the All About Digital Marketing show. Welcome to the All About Digital Marketing podcast. The show all about digital marketing, digital marketing, digital marketing, digital marketing, Brought to you by Social Inc., digital marketing agency specializing in social media and content marketing for brave brands and forward-thinking SMEs. I'm your host, Chris Bruno, and as always, we're here to bring you the most actionable tips, tricks, tools, and insights to help you achieve more when it comes to your digital marketing. Subscribe to the show and be sure to share with a friend if you found something useful or interesting. You can find all the show notes and more information on www.allaboutdigitalmarketing.co.uk. Jose, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. So Jose, before we get started, and rather than me butchering an introduction about you, who are you and what do you currently do? Sure. So my name is Jose Quiroz. Uh, I guess the where I like to start off is with I'm an immigrant. I'm not an entrepreneur. Um, people want to label me as an entrepreneur, but I see everything through an immigrant landscape. I was born in Orizaba, Veracruz, came to the U.S. when I was a kid with the family. Um, the family's all family owned business owners, my godparents, my uncles, my aunts in Mexico and in the States. Um, my dad is the huge uh, influence in me. He had insurance brokerages, about two of them in Mexico. When he came to the States at 40, he started all over, became a millionaire at 55 with a janitorial company, working 23 hours. Or, or yeah, His model was you work 23 hours a day, you sleep one. Uh, and, and then that's how we were raised up. So I think from the immigrant perspective, you know, you're not given, uh, you're, you're out there looking for an opportunity. You don't have the ability to get a job, so you create a job. Um, and, and so that's kind of how I, I frame of reference everything. Um, luckily through blessings and policies and all that stuff, I was able to get my paperwork in order and, um, Around right when I graduated college, I was able to start working into the corporate world, got my license and my work permit at, you know, 24, 25 when all my friends were driving at 16, 17. Um, but I hit the corporate world, got into digital marketing, had amazing mentors there. Um, they sent me everywhere, conferences, seminars in meetings I shouldn't have been in, but just for the sake of learning and knowledge, worked in corporate for about four years or so. And I started doing agency work. Um, and now I help big brands, established companies, organizations, whether they're coming into the market or trying to go out of the market or just trying to leverage digital. Um, me and the team help them 
tra- go through digital transformations and digitize what they have going on. So I have a joint venture right now with a brand strategy agency, Antonio in Paris. We're global. We have Mexico City, France, Australia, people all over the place. Work with clients like Burger King, AT&T, Mini Cooper. You know, we still, we got global brands and clients coming in all the time. So uh, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm kind of consulting agency work. I do also do consulting and agency for medium sized businesses, regional and national. Um, I think there's a lot of guidance that has to kind of go there because the digital world has passed them by a little bit. So I'm kind of here to help that and education, but then also, you know, deliver some results. So there's a couple of things I got to pick up on your dad's mentality of 23 hours work, sleep one. So yeah. for anyone who's listening to this and who's probably like around the age of 20 uh, and who's thinking like, that sounds horrific. That's how it used to be. Like my dad did the same thing. He worked for a few other people and then realized, you know, opportunities. He's got to try and do something for himself. He ended up away all the time. Like it was just constant. Right. And um, and work came first. So if you had to have a meeting, if you had to have a dinner, if there was an event, if there was conference, whatever it was, it was just pack up, go. He would always be away. But again, that gave me a sense of what it takes to actually work like the results don't come. And I'm now I'm very lucky. I've been doing this for 12 years as a business owner. I haven't met anyone yet who works four hour weeks and spends their time on the beach and who does well. I haven't met one. I'm sorry. Like I just haven't. So I'm quite happy to hear that. And I think that's something that's really important for everyone that's listening. It does take effort. It is a hard grind, but that's what it's all for. Yep, a hundred percent exactly. And you know, one of the beautiful things that I still, I'm fortunate enough to hold, still have them in my life. Um, I was having a, a quarterly meeting and I invited him to it. Um, and after the meeting, he said he was really happy that one, the organization of it, cause that's where he lacked in his organ, in his business. Um, and two, the balance that I strive for. Um, it does take a discipline, right? You have to make the time to make these high level activities done. What's going to move the needle? What's my immediate need for the business? You know, what is, what, what do I delegate, et cetera, et cetera but it is different than that 23 hours just zombie mode of work yeah i think it would be very hard to do that these days um but actually okay so this brings us on really nicely and this is the whole point of today's episode which we're going to talk about the importance of strategy and this to me is something that still amazes me today i've been doing this for 12 years i have conversations with people in fact i had a conversation earlier today with somebody that i've known for a while but we've never worked together uh, their organization and they're like that you know we need help with social. And I was like, that cool. What sort of results are you getting? And he's like, that, what do you mean? Like how many likes, how many shares? I was like, that, no. Like, what's the point of your social media? What are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to bring in new clients, sell something, you know, uh, build up the presence, build up your network? What is it that you're trying to do with it? And this is something that is hugely overlooked, right? Small businesses, I think it happens even more, but even with some big businesses, what's been your experience? Yeah, no, uh, my main experience here is people lead with tech, uh, with tactical, right? Um, whether they got sold, a salesman told them, they were watching a YouTube video, Gary Vee told them to get on TikTok, whatever the case may be, they always come to me with a solution already in mind when I really need to backtrack and say, well, what's the problem here? What's the challenge? You're coming to me for the solution. So don't approach me with the solution. Approach me with the problem. Treat me like the lawyer. You don't lie to the lawyer. You tell me exactly what it is. And then from there, we figure it out. So yeah, I'm right there with you in the experience. Um, I, and don't get me wrong, small business owners is not just you. I've known, I've seen this with national businesses, with global businesses, certain departments, certain senior management, right? They are the competitor just launched 
launched SMS, so they're going to go into SMS. Their competitor just launched the app, so they want to launch an app without understanding the requirements, how are we actually going to scale this, manage this, monetize this, what's the overall end game to this, how is this fall into the ecosystem of everything we have going on already. Um, so there's a lot to discover before you just jump into the tactical. So that's that's why we wanted to talk about that today to kind of help you avoid making that, you know, putting the cart before the horse type of situation. I accuse people quite often and I probably shouldn't too much, but I call it the shiny new toy syndrome mm. and the amount of people that have come to me like financial advisors. I should be on TikTok and you're like that. Right, talk me through this. Yeah. Talk, talk it through to me. Explain to me why. And it's like, and exactly what you said. Well, Gary V tells everyone it's the biggest opportunity right now. It's like that. If you watch Gary V's content, the biggest opportunities right now are baseball cards, football cards, TikTok, clubhouse. Like the list is endless. Like if you've got the team of people behind you, you can then be everywhere and be everything to all people. But the hardest part is getting people to come back down to basics. So what are some of the, the kind of, is the word I'm looking for like an experiment or a, a workshop that they can do themselves to kind of sit down and work a little bit on the business rather than in the business? You know, how do, how can people kind of help themselves identify those real issues? Yeah, that's a great question, man. So I really it comes down to discipline and making the time to do that, right? There's a, a beautiful book called Traction, How to Get a Grip on Your Business by Gino Wilkman um, that I highly, highly recommend to to business owners um, because it does talk about how do you actually build traction in a business, um, having these weekly having a 10 year vision, breaking it down to three year, breaking it down to one year, breaking it down to 90 day, breaking it out to weekly, right? And then having those weekly check-ins that lead up to that 90 day overall analysis that then lead up to that one year annual summit. Are things good? Are we still going the same way? Is the vision still the same? Do we tweak the three year? Do we tweak the 10 year? And et cetera, et cetera. Because once you do it that way, you're going to find yourself making time to shift your mental from working in the business to working on the business. Um, and if you're a business owner and you're still doing more than, I would say, 40% working in your business, then you have it a little wrong. Um, I'd love to see you do a 60-40, right? 60% of your time you're working on strategic business vision, what's the expansion opportunities, what are new markets I can get into, what's my SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. You got to do that high-level business owner thinking because you're a business owner. And the 40% of the time, then you get a little tactical, right? Then you work with your management team, you work with your employees, your supervisors, whoever you have to work with to make sure that the day-to-day is happening and it's taking the steps to the grand vision. But again, I'd love to encourage and see a 60-40 split of your time. It can be really challenging, right? Especially in those early stages. Um, and I know we've had growth, then you have sort of decline, uh, 2020, perfect. Another example, you know, you think everything's going well in the world and no, it's not, but it can be very difficult and challenging for people. And there is something that I've noticed over the years, the times where I have taken a little bit of time, even if I can't make it quite to 60, 40, but where I've set aside time just to work on the business. And I mean, like literally taking a day where I've said to people, I'm not responding to emails. I'm not on Slack. I'm nowhere. Like you just can't connect with me. My phone's off because all I want to do is look at where we're actually at. But the times that I've done that in my life, the business has seen exponential growth just straight away afterwards, because suddenly you're putting the right pieces in the right holes You know, it's a bit like the old square peg, square hole kind of thing. All of a sudden, instead of just being constantly ramming things in to try and get them in, you've taken the time to look at the bigger picture. And you're just like that. That goes there. That goes here. This person should do that. These things are hugely powerful, but they're really challenging sometimes to find a way to actually do. Right. 
Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. And I think, I think we find it difficult because of the perspective we have with work, right? We feel that work has to be tangible, has to be hand, has to be some kind of effort of labor into it. Um, and we underestimate the fact that the brain is doing all the labor. <laughs> and if you give it enough time for it to ease up, let the subconscious come in, everything that you've been thinking, considering the brain is consistently working as you're working, right? It's absorbing, it's learning, you hear something, you pick it up. Subconsciously, it's putting it all together, but consciously, it's not in front of you because you're distracted, right? You're you're in the day to day, you're in meetings, you're in team calls, you're in emails, you're in project management systems, in Slack chats, and wherever you are, and you don't give yourself that time. So I found that a lot of the times, even if I don't, um, because I love being outdoors, I love being active, and being in the digital world, you know, it's the complete opposite of it. You're behind a screen all the time. So I found that I've been able to kind of couple these things where I set my mindset in, okay, this is time for me to work on the business. These are the certain issues and challenges that I'm facing right now as an organization or us as a team. I'm going to go for a walk and let this simmer. I'm going to go and just be outside for a bit, be on the hammock or do something that's different, even in the shower, right? But but you've seated the concept in your mind and then you kind of just let your mind do its thing. And then, you know, it'll bring things up such as like, oh, that's right. They talked about this in this book or, hey, I know a client that went through something similar. Let me reach out to them and see what's going on with their, you're, you're giving yourself that space to think and to start really, you know, strategizing on, well, what's the best approach here? It's an incredible feat that, and again, a lot of us suffer with it sometimes. Like, you know, that moment when you're in bed, you're trying to fall asleep and bang, that's when it hits you. And you're like that idea, 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 idea. What we're trying to do is actually create those moments on purpose. So taking the time so that that happens, not when you're in bed trying to fall asleep and then you're pissed off because you have to get up and then you find a pen and a paper in the dark and then you wake people up in the house and you're just like, ah, this is terrible. But it's actually trying to force that. And it's um, so there's a Daniel Kahneman book about um, thinking fast and thinking slow, uh, the two types of thought processes and the way our brains work, exactly what you were saying. We take in, we absorb and we're doing the conscious But actually, the subconscious is just constantly battling. It's constantly doing stuff. And what's really interesting is that most of us are either unawares of it to a certain extent or we just let it happen to us as opposed to trying to find a good way to to make that happen. And I think that's a really nice way of doing it. Like you said, go out and get a walk in. And especially like this year. So as I said to you at the beginning of this, I've really struggled this year with, you know, I spend 12 hours a day in front of my computer screens. After a while, it's enough to drive you crazy. But finding a 30 minute window and sometimes it's going for a nice long walk. Sometimes it's going outside and just sitting outside. Like literally, I'll just find like a small wall or a bench or something. No phone, no earpods in, no air, no, no podcast, no nothing, just for a little while. And just getting a time to kind of focus on breathing, focus on what you've kind of been thinking about and just give yourself that time to to live, the time to actually be able to cogitate everything or, you know, process everything that's been going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I had read a book called uh, Good to Great by Jim Collins, a great great book. He has another one called Great by Choice, which I highly recommend for any business owner. But he gave the 
the example of uh, I can't his name escapes me, but he was one of the original founders of HP, I believe, and he had a rule: every single day he's out of the office by three, um, he's at dinner by five, and he's working in his farm six to sundown or six to whenever he could, um, and that was his daily routine. And even in his uh, tombstone, they wrote you know his name and they put you know here lies a farmer. Uh, he didn't even he's a, this guy was a billionaire. He was someone who helped construct one of the biggest companies of all time, but he had that balance and he had that, you know, thinking of, I want to use my, I need my mental space. I need this. I need that. And that's going to help me, you know, in the long run. And so let's not underestimate that. Like I said, it's typically a mindset thing. I still feel guilty, you know, when I take those times, when I take that hour, two hours out of my day and I come back to the phone and people emailed me or called me and I'm like, I feel guilty. It's like, I wasn't there for you guys, but at the same time, well, I was there for myself. So I'll, I'll get back to you guys later. There's nothing urgent. You know, Rome hasn't burned down yet. I got you. It's interesting as well. Cause you say like, we do get that sense of feeling guilty because unless you're replying to stuff and doing stuff and getting stuff out there or whatever else, you feel like you're not doing anything. But actually, even those clients, when you do take those two hours and you don't reply to them straight away, when you do come back, that's when you are starting to kick in into a new new level, right? You're you're in a new level of creativity. You're thinking differently. You can see things clearer. You you know, just that enough time to get away from it and being able to then just sort of overlook and be like that. No, I can see it now. I can see the big picture. Like, guys, stop. This is where we need to be focusing. That's where we should. And those little moments, unless you make time for them, I find they just don't happen. Like, well, at least not to me anyway. I end up on my really busy days where I've spent way too much time doing rather than thinking. I feel exhausted at the end of the day. And even if I've done 12 hours, I will come away from it feeling like I've accomplished nothing. I went from here to here to here to here to here and just constantly all day long, I was just moving between tasks and getting stuff done. And I think that's something that's a, a challenge for, for lots of people, not just me, but finding ways to really kind of dedicate the time and focus. And again, if you don't look after your own mindset, nothing else will work, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a huge challenge. And and I think your focus is a, is a really good part of that. And Business owners, you started a business typically because you were fed up with your situation or you had plenty of time on your hands to say, hey, I want to do something, right? That gave you that oomph to think, right? That made, that pressured you to it. And then you got into the point where the business started getting a little traction, started getting a little busier. You gave yourself less time to think because I've heard this people say this before. I don't have time to think. Well, first of all, you're already thinking. There is no no time to think. Your brain is already thinking. You can't stop that. And so once you get a little too busy, I think we forget about that. And so I, I think you nailed it right in the head, right? We're, we're consciously trying to make that effort to let the mind do its thing. It's like a quality of thinking. That's probably the difference of it, right? You're always thinking whether you like it or not, consciously or subconsciously, but the real quality of it, it's... It's just not the same. Um, okay, so we got completely distracted, but I really enjoyed that. And I told you this would happen. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but we were talking about the idea and the importance of strategy. And again, I think it's really important for people to be able to identify objectives. And for me, one of the worst objectives, and I love your opinion on this, one of the worst objectives is when people tell me or a client tells me, we need to make more revenue. When that is your only objective, you know, I often have got like a really stupid answer and I'm like that, you know, buy and sell anything, you know, buy pads for a pound, sell them for a pound 50. That'll generate revenue. And they're like, that. well, that's not my business. But how do you help people like to really identify objectives and to get away from for me? What is the poison of saying I just need more revenue? 
Yeah, yeah, I definitely heard that before. You know, you walk into a meeting and you say, "Great, what's the what's the challenge here? What's the goal? We need more sales." Okay, <laughs> well, what does that mean? The sales in what category?、Uh, how are you trying to get those sales? What's going on with your current sales? You know, what's the issue there?、Uh, what's their growth trajectory you're trying to figure out? So, it does become, you know, and this is you know classic agency 101, right? Discovery. Right? Take the time to discover. Now, if I was going to give you Advice or thoughts on figuring it out yourself, right? As a business owner, and I'm I'm alone, and I don't have an agency that I'm working with, et cetera, et cetera. The first thing is that we're like what we were talking about. Take the time for it. Take the make the time. Put it in your you schedule it in an hour a week, two hours a week, whatever you can. Make it happen and make sure that it's happening.、Um, within that time, take the time to do a couple things. One, critically think,、uh, like we were talking about, right? What's the objective? What do I need? What's the immediate need of the business?、Um, what is the short-term, mid-term, and long-term need or goals of of the business? Where am I trying to take it? You don't need to know the answers to these questions. You just need to plant the questions. You, your body and your mind will eventually come up with the answer, or you can talk to colleagues and you know get a mastermind going, or talk to your board of directors, senior management, whoever you want to talk to.、Um, I think good to great gives a good example about getting the right people in the right seats before you find out the direction of the bus, right? So if you're In that level of an organization where you can bring in senior management and say, "Okay, great. Here's my VP of this. Here's my VP of this. Here's my VP of this. Let's brainstorm and figure it out." And understand that it's going to take time.、Uh, it takes a little time for to find that clarity. You're not going to have that moment right away.、Um, you will have these aha moments, but then you have to run them through the grinder and make sure that they actually fit the need that you're seeking. Right. So, take time. Ask yourself these questions. Don't pressure yourself if you don't have the answer to these questions. But just the fact that you're asking them is already going to be good enough.、Um, and then once you kind of get to that, then you're going to get into the tactical. Then you're going to say, okay, now let's actually do some work here, right? If this is the vision and this is what I'm trying to accomplish, who does this meet? What's the consumer at the end of the day? What's the solution that they have that I'm trying to solve?、Um, where is that consumer? What's that consumer trend going on right now? What's the sentiment? What is their level of recognition of their problem versus the level of recognition of potential solutions in the marketplace for this? Who else is in the market doing this? How are they doing it? Then you get into the competitive analysis. You get into consumer insights, competitive analysis, looking at different experiences.、Uh, You're once that takes time that we've done for clients on an 18 month basis, right? Hey, we got to do this consumer insight again because the pandemic has changed how they behave because humanity and green, organic, and save the planet is now the hot rage again. People are saying it like it's a, a the new fad, but yo, humanity's been real since the beginning. But now it's all of a sudden it's important to consumers before they engage with the brand. What's your humanity play? What's your community play? Right. So those are just examples of how the market and the consumer change. So you're gonna have to consistently be on that. Doesn't have to be day to day or week to week, but making it quarterly or yearly that you're doing some social、uh, scraping, right? Some consumer insights on. Social media. What's the trends? What are they talking about? Looking at forums, looking at、uh, commentary on Amazon books, podcasts, blogs. You know, people are out there communicating and expressing what they like, what they don't like, what they need, etc. Right? You're trying to find that white space.、Um, so you're going to be doing that consistently. Within that, the more you get to know them, 
the tactical starts to become pretty clear, right? Because if there's a certain type of person I'm reaching, that individual is usually in certain types of digital channels. You know, if I'm going B2B with senior management, let's go LinkedIn, right? Maybe Instagram, depending on the type of individual. If I'm going to go stay at home mom, most likely Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So you kind of, it becomes very, very clear, but that's why it's important to take the time to let your mind think, uh, start asking yourself these questions, these strategy questions, and then hit the ground running with research data. It's not sexy. It's quite boring to be honest with you, but it's fascinating mentally to start to learn about it. But the physical of just sitting back there and research, 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 you got to take yourself back to college and just, you know, get that 60 page research paper done. It sounds challenging for people, but it is one of the most important things. Like we'll talk to clients that come in and, you know, we want YouTube, we want TikTok, we want Instagram. And you're like that. Whoa, let's take a step back. And like you said, if you don't have somebody to do the discovery with, I think some a part of this that's really important be honest with yourself. I have met way too many small business owners who have hoodwinked themselves into believing that they are building the best solution for X. And the only issues they have is sales, for example. And you need to take a step back and really think about this, but being brutally honest with yourself. So if you've had a product and you've launched it and you think it's the best thing since sliced bread, but no one has ever bought it, guess what? It's time to get back to the drawing board, right? And I don't mean that in a nasty way, but you've got to look at these things and be completely factual about them. And another part that I wanted to ask your opinion on as well, which is understand your business intimately. And I say this because a lot of businesses will come to us and they're like that, you know, we need more sales and we need them now. And you're like, that. okay, cool. How long does it take you to close a deal? And you'll get the answer of six months. All right. So anything we do today, We won't be closing until, what are we now, March? We won't be closing that until September. So there is no now in your business. There is no how do we get revenue in today. So understanding these kind of things, and a lot of people will ask me the question, which is, well, how do you work this stuff out? And you go, well, if you've ever sold anything, you've got a track record. Right. You know, I had a first ever conversation with this guy in January and we sold in March and then the other guy was February, but we sold in April. Actually, it takes on average two months of back and forth conversations, whatever. You know your sales cycle. You understand what this works. And and I think, again, without wanting to kind of rehash the point of, you know, people taking the time to really think about this. Understanding your business intimately to me is so important. Yeah, I feel way too many people don't. Yeah, 100 percent. And I'll piggyback on that by saying you're going to have to replicate. You mentioned touch points. You're going to have to replicate the touch points within your sales process digitally. This is where I hope this is a good gold nugget for you guys. You go into a social media thing and I have to post. I just have to post. I have to put content, 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 content. Well, what you should really be looking at is what's the type of content I need to post to Bring them down my sales journey. And that's only going to be representative if, like Chris said, you understand your business intimately. You know what the different phases are. There's an initial reach out. There's a discovery. There's a free consultation. There's a demo. And then there's a follow-up. And then there's another follow-up. And then there's a meeting with the board of directors. And then there's a contract. And then there's the close, right? So I might have to do all those touch points digitally. So if there's a discovery session, 
maybe that's through social and that's the type of content. But then that content has to feed to step two, which is the initial guidance call. Then that has to go to the next step of consultation. So that's where you're going to start really getting sophisticated in the way that you're leveraging digital to perform for your business. You're not just using the channel because you have to, because you think you have to, or because Gary Vee told you to. Uh, you're doing it because you know that there is a systematic way that you do business and you're going to leverage digital to help support that. I think that's, again, you've said something really important. If you're not really using digital, look at what you are using. And I often talk to people about this, but, you know, we want to do more sales online. All right, cool. What is it that you currently do? And it's like that. Well, everything is offline. And you're like, okay, cut, fine. There's a big learning curve, right? Like, let's be completely honest. It takes time to implement this. It takes time for people to get used to buying from you in a different environment. And 2020 has seen a lot of change. 2021 is continuing for us over here in the UK with lockdowns. But it's still a whole new ball game because you're trying to translate, like you said, from the offline into the online, into the digital space. But at the same time, those interactions become different. So what might usually be, you know, a one hour fact finding in person to help people with their finances or whatever else. Actually, the digital version of that might be what if they used a tool, entered all their information and you gave them a brief synopsis of where they're currently at and then invited them to a call. Now, understanding those differences online and how you can then kind of implement them differently, which I think is really important. That to me is a challenge for a lot of small businesses because they don't necessarily have your experience, my experience. They haven't spoken to hundreds of businesses. They don't know what other people are currently doing. And as much info as there is out there, and you've mentioned the Gary Vee, I, I love Gary Vee for one reason. I just like high energy people. I think he's awesome. Uh, I think that 85% of what he says, everyone should ignore. Um, you know, and it's the different 85% for every different person. That's the important thing. Like yeah. there's just a small, there's a small nugget every now and again that you're like that, that I agree with. But I think that's the hardest thing. You go online and you're like that, right? How do I digitize my business? And you suddenly realize that you're faced with, you know, a billion web pages that all have their own point of view. Mm-hmm. And everyone that's selling is selling why their part of digital is most important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you then sort of go down a rabbit hole of SEO or you go down a rabbit hole of social or you go down a rabbit hole of content or video marketing or whatever it might be. But the biggest challenge is trying to really understand who those people are that you're trying to serve. And what what's your thoughts on this, especially for small businesses? We try and encourage people to say, call your clients, pick up the phone, call up your best five clients, the ones that you get on with the best and say, hey, really quick question. Would you mind having a 30 minute convo? We want to try and understand how we could do better. And if they're a good client and if they like your service, your product or whatever it is, they will give you that time. Right. And this is to me, this is one of the key ways that you learn how you're going to implement these things or why you should be implementing these things. What do you think? A hundred percent. I mean, that's good old qualitative research, you know? So I, I would add the two. I would add quantitative, right? Go look at some metrics. Go look at, again, what's what's your target demographic? Who's your target demographic? What's going on with them? How are they consuming digital right now? Where are they playing at in digital? Where are they working at in digital? Blah, 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 blah. So you're going to want to do quantitative research. You're also going to want to couple that with what Chris is saying, your qualitative research, understanding that. Now, I would definitely encourage you to talk to your top clients. I would pick the clients that you want more of, right? I would love to keep working with more of these people. And I would actually advise you to use a third party for this. 
if you could afford it, a third party service, I would, I would advise that. If you just know someone that's savvy enough who can interview these people, then I would advise that only because it takes away that bias, right? From both ends, from the customer and from you. Cause at the end of the day, we're all told to play nice. And if you have nothing to say, don't say anything at all. Um, and so if you want that brutal honesty, then you're going to, you might want to leverage a third party. But if you're not going to leverage a third party, you're going to do it your own. Some of the questions that I encourage you to ask is, what were you thinking, feeling, looking for? in the beginning before you found us, right? Where did you go find it? What did you find? How was that experience? What made you choose us? What would you want to see us do better, right? With those four, then you can kind of have an engaging conversation, et cetera. On top of that, I would also encourage you to try to find five to 10 prospects that are not in your business, but you would want them to be right in same industry, same title, same position, whatever the case may be, but just not a customer of yours. And, you know, you might need to buy them lunch or coffee or do whatever, but you're going to have those same conversations. Granted, at that point, you're going to say, why'd you choose us? But you're just going to uncover like, so what's the issue? What's going on? Did you find a solution already? How did you find it? What did you think of it? What did you wish you could do better? Blah, 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 blah. That's really going to help you just find all the insights with them. And, once you compile the quantitative with the qualitative, that's where it's going to start painting that kind of clearer picture for you. Um, and then once you have all that, guess what? You're still not 100% sure that it's going to work. This is the testing phase now. Now you have a, you're, you're, you have a hypothesis. You have done your research to kind of support that hypothesis. Now you're going to try to throw your hypotheses into the scientific world and see if it becomes a theory. Um, and it most likely is not. <laughs> you're most likely going to go through iterations. You're going to change your creative, your messaging. You're going to try to uh, attack different emotional sentiments to drive that individual. Um, then I guess, you know, that test, learn, you know, scale phase. It's always interesting because I've said this a hundred times to clients. I can't guarantee results. I'm going to give it my best guesstimate, you know, educated guess as to what we think would work really well, but nothing is for sure. And things that I've been a hundred percent sure in my head have failed uh, things that I was really skeptical about that somebody else threw out as a complete curveball have done really well. And everything is about experimentation. Like we, the only reason this podcast exists is because as an agency more than 18 months ago, we sat down, sat down and said, we're going to do a 30 day challenge. See if we can start, record, publish and launch a podcast in 30 days. That was it. That's how this podcast was born. And again, experiment and don't be scared to experiment. This is something that I find a lot of people are. If you say, you know, we're doing an experiment. If this is what one of your posts, for example, on social, we're doing an experiment. We want to talk to five people about X. If it doesn't work, no dramas. It was an experiment. You even said it was an experiment. No one cares. And also probably no one saw it. So don't worry about it. But if it works, people like that, oh, my God, this is cool. They're trying something new. They're doing something else. They're trying something different. And I think that's really important. And to go back to one last point as well, you know, talking to people, And again, you know, there's tons of data out there. We both rely on platforms to give us indications, what people are doing, how they're doing it, where they're talking, why they're talking, what they're talking about, all of those kind of elements. But one thing about talking to people, and especially your existing clients, when people talk to me about the issue of, you know, I got no revenue or I need more revenue. Remember that it costs an absolute fraction of the price to get more money out of an existing client than it does to get a brand new client. So how can you develop your offering 
for your clients? How can you make it better for your clients? What are the additional services? And they might not even be yours, right? We've had some of the guests on this show talk to us about affiliate marketing and finding, you know, supporting services and ancillary services that go with your product, but that you don't have to offer, but that you could make some money off of. Remember that it's it's all just building up an ecosystem, right? You're building this community. You're trying to service them. And if you do it based on that, trying to help them, it's not necessarily about I want all the money for me. It's actually about what's the best possible solution for them. And that to me is really, really important. And it can have huge impacts on businesses. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the consumer at the, at the other side of the screen is asking what's in it for me. Um, and so you have to be understanding that you have a product or solution that is actually beneficial to them. Um, and you know, they say the transaction is in the transformation, right? So that's what they're looking. They're looking for that transformation. So if you could provide that transformation, then you're going to get the transaction. I agree. Jose, I've really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you very much. But before we shoot, where can people find you online and how can people connect with you? Sure. So, you know what? I want to give one quick thing, um, before, we, before I kind of give that plug, um, because this happens all the time. And I think you've seen this before. Clients come in and ask, how much money should I be spending online? What's my advertising oh, budget? Right. How long is a piece of string? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this is, uh, the typical advice I give. You want to identify what your customer lifetime value is, right? What is one customer worth to you? Then you ask yourself as an organization, what am I comfortably, uh, what am I comfortable with spending to acquire that individual, right? Is it 5%, 10%, X% percent, whatever. So if you have a $1,000 customer lifetime value and you're comfortable with spending 5%, then boom, there's your number for your advertising. And that's going to be your cost per lead, things of that nature. So just wanted to throw that out there really quickly since we're in this whole topic of business owners and trying to make sure that they know exactly how to get into the digital space. Advertising budget always, always is asked. So I wanted to kind of throw that out there. I think that's awesome. And actually, just to add to it, because now they see this is you taking us down a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. It's not my fault now. It's all um, good. This is where I go back to like the intimately knowing your business. How much does it currently cost you to get a lead? Because most people are spending some money on some things. And the other things as well, don't try and spread yourself too thin. Try if you, especially if you've got a small budget, right? There's nothing worse than, yeah, I've tried Facebook ads. I threw $10 and it didn't work. And you're like that. Well, that's not really trying anything at all. That's ridiculous. So understanding that if you've got a small budget, look at where your clients have come from. And I know it sounds bad. Most people, especially small businesses, when you're first starting, it's a lot of referrals. Well, actually, how do you use your social networks, your existing platforms, your existing clients? And actually, how do you digitize your referral based business? What can you can you incentivize your clients to do it? But whatever it is that you're doing, choose one thing and dedicate a small amount of budget, a decent amount of budget to trying to make that actually work, but do it in a sensible way. Like you said, monitoring your lifetime values. What's your current cost per acquisition? What are you currently spending money on? What works and what doesn't, right? It sounds terrible, but how many people have you met that are just doing stuff for the sake of doing it because they've been told or Gary V said, I got to do this. And you're like that, right? Okay. How long have you been doing it for? Six months. Great. How many clients have they got you? Zero. Okay, cool bin that straight away, save yourself a huge amount of time. And now let's focus on what's actually working. And I think that's something that's really important. Again, back to that intimately understanding your business and just be honest with yourself. Where does your business really come from right now? What are you actually spending right now to make that happen? And what could you do to digitize that kind of process? Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. 
All right, where were we? Um, the plug. Jose, <laughs> where can people find you online? Yeah, for sure. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Jose Quiroz. That's J-O-S-E-Q-U-I-R-O-Z. I think if you type in Jose Quiroz Digital, you'll find me on there too. Um, and you can check out the website too, J-A-Y-Q-U-I-R-O-Z.com. That's jquiroz.com. Um, and on LinkedIn, you know, I'm really kind of trying to do a little quid pro quo here. We've been talking about talking to your customers, right? And um, I'm really trying to shape this um, kind of service as a service for business owners who really need this digital, maybe a hotline, right? They can just call and get digital answers really quickly, right? Because Google's going to send them ads and YouTube is going to send them marketing videos. Um, so, but I'm, I'm still in the conceptual phase. Um, like I said, my day job is working with big brands, big agency stuff. So those are, that's amazing. And it's bringing in a good amount of uh, cash flow and we're doing our thing there, but always trying to find a way to kind of build a utility um, for business owners who want to leverage digital, but just it's passed them by. So I want to be that guide. So um, I'd love to talk to you and I'd love to guide you as well. So if you want to shoot me a message on LinkedIn, put digital guidance, um, we'll spend 15, 20 minutes chatting. I can help you point you in the right direction. You know, yeah, you should be doing social. You should be doing paid. Actually, you should be doing Google My Business because of local traffic, right? So, or you should be working with this agency or these people. So I can kind of try to help you, you know, navigate your way through the digital world. And I'll ask you a couple questions on, you know, what do you, what are you seeking? How, you know, what's your current research process for when you are going to be digital and what would you like to have? You know, would you like to have a Staples easy button that you can just click and then all of a sudden a digital guru appears and gives you his, you know, his well wishes and, and grants you everything you need for the digital space you know who knows what that looks like in the future but uh yeah feel free to reach out linkedin uh, or the website that's jose kidos i'm going to drop your linkedin especially into all the show notes so awesome. everyone take advantage have a chat with jose i've really enjoyed this thank you so much for your time and for your insights and uh, we'll speak soon yeah thank you too man i really appreciate it the all about digital marketing podcast is brought to you by social inc a distributed digital marketing agency specialized in delivering results through online campaigns. Whether it's content marketing, social media marketing, online advertising, or web design, we've got you covered from strategy through to delivery. If you're struggling with your digital marketing, get in touch today by simply visiting www.socialinc.co.